I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Izadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Welcome to season nine of Next Question with me, Katie Couric. I've got some big news to share with you in our season premiere featuring the one and only Chris Jenner. Oh my gosh, congratulations. That is very, very exciting. And that's just the beginning. We'll also be joined by podcast hosts Jay Shetty, Hillary Clinton, Renee Fleming, Liz Cheney, and many more. So come on in, take a break from the incessant negativity for a weekly dose of fascinating conversations. Some of them, I promise, will actually put you in a good mood. Listen to Next Question with me, Katie Couric, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Well, hey, everybody. Oh, hi, everybody. How is it going? Yes, good question. I hope it's going great. How yeah. are you doing? Me, personally? Yeah. You looked right at me and asked I me did. that question. Right uh, I'm into your doing face. fine. <laughs> give me a, we hadn't done this in a while. Give me, give me a word. Uh, give me a word. Give me an adjective. Rusty. Welcome to another rusty episode of Ridiculous Romance. <laughs> I don't know about that. I feel like this rusty. is. I feel like we're well polished at this point. <laughs> right? What do we lose our edge? This is like the third episode we've recorded this week. <laughs> we if we're rusty, something's wrong. Now. All right. Jeez. Okay. But I'm glad uh, that's on your mind. <laughs> now we know. To do something cool. <laughs> I don't want to say something like nothing's cold. cooler than rust. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> it means you've lived, you know. Wow. You've been yeah. out in the elements. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I just don't. This is a weird thought I just had. I don't see rust like I used to. Because, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I grew up, you know, in upstate New York. All the cars, sure. everything had a lot of rust on it because there's always salts on the roads. Okay. and. right. Everything's wet and slushy all the time. So you, you get a lot I mean, of rust on your cars. Yeah. 
down well, here so in the south. More, more plastic. Yeah. Things are made of plastic now, and they don't you really know what? made of metal. That so. is probably very true. That's probably I bet a big that's part of it. Got a lot to do with the it. good old rusty days. <laughs> Where are my rusty days? What happened? Rusty was a popular name. And it was, I and know, Rust right? was, that's why people saw Rust everywhere. <laughs> what do you want to name the kid? Uh, 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 Rusty? <laughs> Plus, he used to flake off, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Well, that's, flake you know, off going, the side. that's, and you're a kid and there's like rust on something, you just start oh, picking at it. Straight up. Chip it off. The fidget spinner of our time. <laughs> <laughs> a piece of rusty metal. That's all we needed as kids to be <laughs> that's entertained. That's what I'm going to tell the kids. <laughs> I'm <gonna> tell all, <laughs> you wanted a fidget spinner, you had to scrape the rust off the mailbox. <laughs> Well, welcome back to the Rusty Show. Uh, <laughs> we're happy you're here. We've got kind of a quick episode for you today. Not a real quickulus, but right. a kind of quickulus. Yep. And <laughs> I think we finally have time to check our mailbag. Yeah. So I think we should do a mail call. Mail. Awesome. So Birgit L. wrote in to our email. Yes, we're going to. We're, we're doing Birgit. it. We're going Birgit. to Birgit. We looked it, We looked up, we found a model. It looks like Birgit. pronounces it Birgit. But we we're like, yeah, Birgit. So please tell us if we're wrong in that, but I th- I'm, I'm going with it. Yeah, it sounds pretty. Yeah, it's beautiful. <laughs> so Birgit L. said, Love the Wordle quickie. Very snackable for a quick fix of your podcast. Wordle hadn't really reached the Netherlands yet, but now I'm hooked. Oh, you're welcome, Josh yes. Wordle. Right? Yeah. You are well. We are influencers. We sure are. We're spreading. We just spread the word. Wordle across the world. (laughs) World. Wordle. I really tripped on that one. (laughs) Wordle across the world. (laughs) You're welcome. We're spreading the wordle. Yes. Mm Mm-hmm. Welcome. Well, that's awesome. Thank you for uh, letting us know about that. And I'm very glad that you. Like the quick, the real quickulus. Yeah, that was definitely. A little experiment. <laughs> that was really fun for us. Yeah, just to be yeah. able to do a quick one like that. Mm-hmm. There's so More many good coming. little quick stories like that. Oh, so yeah. it's nice to find room for them yep, somewhere. Definitely. Uh, and then we also got a message on Instagram mm-hmm. from Sean the Trucker. Yeah. Sean reached out to us. Sean's been great checking out our stories and everything. Yeah. He reached out, said, I enjoy many podcasts, uh, some with people you know. I think you guys work great together and make this trucker, call me Sean the Trucker, think and laugh on my lonely nights. Uh, thinking and laughing are my two favorite things to do. Totally. So oh, my God. that's awesome. I'm glad that we're helping out. I know those drives can be intense. I'm a road trip guy. I love getting in the car and just driving for 12 hours at a time. Nobody, <laughs> nobody likes to do it with me. He is not exaggerating. <laughs> but, Literally, he has driven... For 16 hours 16 was the longest. And it wasn't, you know, those last three I could have done without. But I think you were seeing things. <laughs> <laughs> you were seeing some things <laughs> that weren't there. I would never. No. The number one rule of road trips is stop when you're tired. No, I know. I will. <laughs> and just play. I would never. But, um, but yeah, I so I, I respect the work that Sean the Trucker is doing out there for us all. Okay. Keeping the country going. It's true. Bringing the goods. Nice. So I'm glad that we're able to contribute to that, Sean, the trucker. Totally, yeah. Uh, and any of you out there on the road. 10-4, Sean. I don't yeah. actually know what 10-4 means. <laughs> I hope it's not an insult. <laughs> I think that's right, yeah. 10-4, good buddy. I feel like that's what I hear. 10-4 sounds right. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, thanks for reaching out, Sean. And and Birhit, we're so excited to get messages from you guys. If anybody else has any, send them our way. There's more. I mean, oh. obviously, if you have sent us a message and we haven't responded or read anything on the air yet... We're trying to get them all. 
Yeah. Um, Just know you've already moved us to tears or yes. either either from happiness or laughter. Some um, of never you, from sadness. Some of y'all, I have we have gotten messages in the past where somebody said, I'm I'm sure you won't get this mm. because, you know, you might think that we're inundated with <laughs> hundreds a day. Um, and while we're getting steady messages and we love them all, we love them all and we'll yeah, read them we all. Do. So we please. personally read them and as often as possible try to respond. Yes. So, and we've had some really lovely conversations with some of y'all we really um, have. over the socials and stuff. So don't hesitate. Yeah. There ain't we. There's no. <laughs> this is a two person team here. There ain't no. We don't have a secretary <laughs> screening all our emails. <laughs> I was like, where is that little intern <laughs> to read these emails, dude? <laughs> one day. One day. Um, but no, we love hearing from you, so keep it coming. And we've got a really exciting episode today. Yeah, a oh, little yeah. bit shorter just from the lack of info that's out there mm -hmm. because we're going back in history. Uh, right, and it's all based in legend, oral legend and stuff. So um, pretty pretty certain that this person existed and mm -hmm. did do a lot of cool things, yep. but not sure about a lot of the details. <laughs> <laughs> they might not be true, but whatever. We're going to have a good time with them anyway because... Our episode today is about Queen Amina of Nigeria. So 200 years before British colonial rule, this Muslim Nigerian queen ruled the Hausa kingdom of Zazao and conquered so much territory that she controlled the largest Hausa kingdom either before her or after her. So she was a badass in the streets. But what about the sheets? <laughs> well... She did quite a lot of conquering there, too. Oh. So let's learn about the warrior queen, Amina, and her singular approach to romance. Yes. Hey there, friends, come listen well. Eli and Diana got some stories to tell. There's no matchmaking or romantic tips. It's just about ridiculous relationships. A lover might be any type of person at all. An abstract concept or a concrete wall. But if there's a story worth a second glance, we'll put it in a show, Ridiculous Romance. A production of iHeartRadio. All right. So uh, before we get into Queen Amina's actual story, mm -hmm. we're going to have to take a quick fling with history. I'm thirsty. So the Hausa Kingdom, or Hausaland, was a collection of states in what is present-day northern Nigeria, sort of between Lake Chad and the River Niger. The legend of how the Hausa people started these states is super fun, although, you know, probably not, again, historically true right. in quotes, but mm -hmm. but it is sort of the legend behind it. So mm -hmm. probably pulled from some truths. Yeah, I would totally. Imagine. It's been embroidered over the, the yeah. centuries. But um, yeah, as the legend goes, a prince from Baghdad named Abu Yazid arrived in the state of Daura, hot and thirsty. And at this time, Daura was still a matriarchal society ruled by a Kabara named Magajia Daurama. So he's hot, he gets in there, he's thirsty, he's sweating. He's across the, the desert. The desert sun, you know, mm -hmm. like you do in the desert. He wants some water. Right. And he asked this older woman to bring him some, and she explained that the well in Daura was guarded by a snake called Sarki. Sarki only allowed citizens to fetch water on Fridays. So quite a... Quite a snake full of rules here like right? this is this snakes really laying on the law Fridays only <laughs> we're closed Saturday through Thursdays I've got a life too you know <laughs> there you go it's called work-life balance <laughs> haven't you heard of it so Abu Yazid would have to wait until Friday 
I mean, you know, I don't know. He's if got the, a little. Yeah, Snake had a little desk calendar. He'd rip off the pages <laughs> and throw them out. He's on Thursday. That Snake is like, oh, I got to work tomorrow. <laughs> uh, you time. know, it doesn't matter how long your weekend is. It never feels long enough. <laughs> So yeah, this snake's very strict. And Abu Yazid was kind of like, I'm not about that. He happened to be carrying a brand new knife from the blacksmiths of Gaia, as well as his trusty sword. So he took himself on down to the Kusugu well and killed the snake, beheaded it with his knife. He's like, I'm just doing my job. (laughs) Then he put the snake's head into a bag and went back to the old woman's house. I guess just to be like, see, he's dead now. You have nothing to fear. Right. Like have some right. kind of. Well, you know, or... it's like it's like a horror movie. Like if you kill the snake, you better take its head with you, because if you leave it there, you know, right, it's going to come somehow, back to life. Yeah. Come back. It'll together. fuse, you know, mm. and that snake will be like, that's it. Now it's only Fridays from noon to four. <gasps> no. <laughs> And the next day, the queen, Magajia Darama, and the whole town of Daura gathered around the well, wondering who had slain the snake. You know, they're all, probably all also getting jugs of water. Yeah, right. <laughs> Taking Finally. them home as quick as possible Finally. in case another snake shows up. Uh-huh. And Darama offered sovereignty over half the town to anyone who could prove that they had done it. Now, that's a pretty big prize. So there are a bunch of guys did try. They showed up with, like, other snake heads, uh-huh. I guess. Like, just <laughs> killing snakes right and left up in Daura and being like, I did it! And then they would put them together, the body and the head, and be like, no. These don't match. Mm, These don't match. This match. is a copperhead, whereas we're looking for <laughs> a black, a black mamba. mamba. Yeah. Somebody yeah. shows up with, like, a sock puppet on their hand. He's like, look, <laughs> I have killed the snake. I'm like, He's what? Like, what are you talking about? I, I Nobody killed me. Oh, my God. He's <laughs> like, no jokes out of you, snake. Bonk, bonk, bonk. Hits him with a... And that was the first ventriloquist. <laughs> <laughs> and they threw him in the well. <laughs> but, yeah, that was kind of a stupid lie. I don't know why they bothered doing that. <laughs> yeah, so obviously right? not it. So then the old woman from earlier who Abu Yazid had asked for water told the queen, my my guest, Abu Yazid, he killed the snake. Mm-hmm. And he showed up and was like, yeah, I got the head here. I did kill that snake. But he turned down the offer to rule half of Daura. Instead, he asked Darama to marry him. And mm. she agreed because of his bravery. He slayed the snake. I guess he's worthy sure. of changing the whole government. <laughs> right. But she said, you know, queens aren't supposed to marry anyone. Mm. She had made queenly vows to remain a virgin. And now she'd have to undergo several rituals before they would be able to consummate their marriage. Right. Got a lot of legal red tape to go through here <laughs> before we can do it. But uh, but since you killed the snake, I yeah. will. Legal and spiritual red right. tape. But, you know, yeah, she knew that a man had needs, so she gave him a concubine, I guess, to, to tide him right, over. Right. Here you go, with a bow <laughs> on her or something. Jeez. This was a woman named Bagwaria, and the people also started to call Abu Yazid Bayajida, which is the name that he's now best known as, yeah. which meant he didn't understand the language before. <laughs> what a I love, name. I love it. He's like, it's true, though. I didn't. Yeah, that's an accurate name. <laughs> I, mean, I didn't I... know the language before, and now I do. <laughs> One day, Bagwaria had a son named Karbagari, which in Hausa means he snatched the town. Ooh. Uh-oh. <laughs> now, of course, that worried Daurama. 
she's like, my son's supposed to inherit this whole place. Mm-hmm. And now this guy is named, he snatched the town. Like, that's a bad omen. <laughs> right? What do you think is going to happen around here, uh-huh. Bavaria? <laughs> so when she had her own son, she named him Bawo, which meant give it back. <laughs> it's, it's real battle of the names here. I love it. The shade is on the birth certificate. <laughs> <laughs> so... Bayajida had a son with his queen and another with his enslaved mistress. Mm-hmm. And each of those sons had seven sons of their own. Okay, so 14 sons, seven, seven with the from queen, the mistress. seven from the mistress. Yes. Okay. And the seven sons of Karbargari reigned over the seven states of the Benza Bakwai, which means the bastard or bogus seven. Okay. And these states were like considered illegitimate, I guess, because of Bagwaria's slave status. Okay. Um, she so wasn't like, like an official wife. Your mother's queen. a concubine, so mm-hmm. we're not so counting you. You're not really royalty okay. the same way that the queen's sons are royalty, I guess. People in their bloodlines. All right. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> And, yeah, I will admit, I did get a little bit lost in the varying details of this legend because there's a, it is a legend. It's an oral tradition. Right. It's been passed down. So many of the sources don't fully agree on these details. you got to imagine the translations by the time I'm we sure. read them. You know. I'm like, who knows what is happening anymore. Right. But, um, but it seemed to me that these seven states were like neighboring states of the Hausa Kingdom. Okay. They shared sometimes a similar language or a similar religion, but they weren't like part of the Hausa Kingdom. Okay. Yeah. They were just bordering it. Gotcha. And then the seven sons of Bawo reigned over the seven states of the Hausa Bakwai, or the legitimate seven. Okay. Which made up the Hausa Kingdom that we're talking about. Right. And by 1533, our hero Amina was born in one of the largest of the Hausa Bakwai states, Zazao, reigned over by her father, King Nikitao, the 22nd ruler, and her mother, Queen Bakwa Taranku. Cool. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, these seven states had, back when they were formed, divided up production and labor activities based on their natural resources and their location. So sort of like in the U.S., we've got like the breadbasket states. Sure. And this is the, the, you know, the northeast is where we put all the fancy colleges. And <laughs> down in the southeast is where we get all our agriculture. And yeah. the west coast is where we get all our marijuana. And, <laughs> you know, kind of have everything sort of broken up. In the great plains of Kano and Rano, cotton grew abundantly. So they became the primary producers of cloth. And they were called the chiefs of indigo. Katsina and Daura had the most direct access to the caravan routes across the desert, so they were the chiefs of the market. And Gobir was the most western of the states, so it was the chief of war in charge of protecting the empire from, like, Ghana and Songhai. And Zazao supplied labor. They were known as the chief of slaves. Ah. And, again, a lot of the sources we saw about Queen Amina... Um, said that Zazao was a peaceful kingdom. They traded cola nuts, cloth, salt, metals, and horses, and they don't mention slaves at all. Okay. But uh, that doesn't really smack true because Amina is really well known for her military exploits and distinguishing herself in the military. If you're a very peaceful kingdom, I'm not sure why that would be your focus. Right. Um, Even before, and this is even before they were at war all the time. Like, this was even as a kid. So I'm like, well, why would you care about that if you weren't really using it and seeing glory in it? You know what I mean? Um, And then also, 
How did you get slaves in the 16th century except by leading military campaigns into other countries and winning and capturing all their people and taking them hostage? That's sort of how you made slaves out of regular people. (laughs) How how one made slaves. Yes. I didn't. How one would have made a slave back in the day. Right. Um, So, yeah, it just makes more sense to me that they might have had something of a military bearing upon them, you know, to go out there and get these people or whatever to right. to trade. And that maybe it just muddies her legacy a little bit for some folks, so they just kind of leave it out. Like, gotcha. we're talking about like a we really do cool with... boss and we don't want to talk about the slave part. So like we'll we do with part. George Washington. Like we do with George yeah. Washington. <laughs> <laughs> so Amina's like, George Washington. <laughs> you heard it here first. Wow. At the end of the episode, you can tell us whether you think Amina was like George Washington or not. In one way, at least, she was definitely not anything like George Washington. So, okay, so amongst all these kind of disparate sources and varying versions of her story, what is consistent is that she was a favorite at the court, seen as a contender to inherit her mother's throne. So she was instructed in everything that she'd need to know to be a queen. Amina particularly liked to devote herself to military training. Mm -hmm. But when she was 16, she was named the heir apparent for the queen, and she was given 40 women slaves of her own to mark the occasion, and she mostly spent her time battling proposals. Mm. Obviously, I mean, you're 16, you're in line for the throne. Right. She's probably fit as hell because she's always trained in military stuff. So there's all these people like tripping over like, yes, I want you to be my warrior protective wife and I want to inherit all your power also. Also. Yeah. (laughs) I bet she was getting some of these proposals way before she was 16. Well, yes, that might be true too. According to oral legends collected by anthropologist David E. Jones, attempts to gain her hand included, quote, a daily offer of 10 slaves from Makama and, quote, 50 male slaves and 50 female slaves, as well as 50 bags of white and blue cloth from the Sarkin or king of Kano. But Amina dodged all these proposals, mm-hmm. although <laughs> like mean... uh, Makama's showing up shorthanded to that party. OK, like <laughs> 10 and he's showing up with 100 and all this cloth, too. Uh-huh. I, mean... I brought you 100 slaves and also I'm going to fill up your craft room with all this fabric. <laughs> so you can make some stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah man. Makama was like, well, but I offer him every day. So right, yeah. persistence wins the prize. <laughs> Makama's like, I brought you a single white rose. <laughs> I don't think this time. Sorry, right. Makama. Sorry, Makama. Because our girl was a fighter, not a lover. And she joined her brother Karama's cavalry and distinguished herself in battles, winning enormous wealth and prestige for herself. Around 1566, Karama, her brother, became the king after their parents died. And then she was basically put in charge of his whole cavalry. Pretty unusual for a woman at that time, mm. or probably any time since. Mm-hmm. Um, but she had already won the respect of all the troops from her years of already run around being awesome. And so she continued to just distinguish herself even more. Right. So 10 years later, her brother died, and she ascended to the throne as Queen Amina in 1576. Dope. And we will find out what she did with that throne right after this. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. 
The Seven from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The Seven every weekday. So follow The Seven right now. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to acclaimed musician and entrepreneur, Mr. Worldwide himself, Pitbull. A lot of artists in general, people that are very creative, sometimes tend to overthink. That's one of my number one rules. Don't ever overthink. You can think ahead, but don't overthink. And what I mean by that is when they start to write a record, they're like, oh, that's not the line. Oh, that's not this. Oh, it's not that. And everybody has a creative process. I'm not knocking it. For me, I just let it flow. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark, more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the show. Oh, we're on on 42nd Street tonight. (laughs) I don't know why. (laughs) All right, so Amina is the queen now, and it's going to be exactly how she wants it to be. In one of Amina's earliest speeches to her people, she told them, quote, resharpen your weapons. Right. She's I got a plan. Mm -hmm. You're going to need pointy things to do it. (laughs) And only three months after being crowned, she began the first military campaign of what would become a 34 year war to conquer the other Hausa lands. She wanted better trade routes for her state, which was basically the main reason that all the Hausa kingdoms fought continually amongst themselves throughout the 15th and 16th centuries. Mm -hmm. Controlling trade routes in the Sahara Desert was basically controlling the world. 
So they all wanted to be the state to do it. Mm -hmm. And Amina also wanted to reduce the other states to vassal states. They would all be ruled by her Mm -hmm. and they would pay tribute to the mighty nation of Zazao. That's right. And though she was at war for pretty much the entire length of her reign, she achieved both those goals. She expanded Zazao's territory to the biggest it had ever been with her army of over 20,000 foot soldiers and 1,000 cavalry troops, annexing Kano and Ketsina and ruling them as vassals who were made to pay tributes. And an example from AfricanFeministForum.com notes a payment of 40 eunuchs and 10,000 kola nuts. Wow. So I was just like, imagine the poor guy who had to sit there and count out 10,000 individual (laughs) kola nuts. Mm Mm-hmm. And eventually she made her kingdom the trading center for all of southern Hauseland, spanning the traditional east to west trans-Saharan axis and bringing untold wealth to Zazao. She is also credited with introducing metal armor like iron helmets and chainmail to her troops. So they probably felt pretty taken care of. I mean, that's you pretty know? nice. What what have we learned from leaders in especially ancient history? Uh-huh. If you treat your army right, then they back you for exactly. rulership. So the the good rulers always knew, take care of your army first. Mm-hmm. Well, I won't say the good rulers, but the, the militant rulers always knew, <laughs> yeah, take care of your army so first. Yeah, right. Um, they were like, wow, you care if we live or die? Uh-huh. That's weird. <laughs> so not only that, she also had a flair for architecture. She had these very strong earthen walls built around her city that became the prototype for fortifications used in all house estates. She'd have walls built around her conquered cities, and many of those are still in place today. They're called Gunawar Amina, or Amina's Walls. Walls were as important to African urban development as they were in European cities because, of course, they defined boundaries pretty clearly, and they were also useful for defense, and they controlled people's entrances and exits to a city. Can't go wrong with a big wall. (laughs) I mean... (laughs) I don't know. It <laughs> wasn't too popular around hey, here. I'm sold. I'm ready for big walls. I yeah. said we build a big one around the city and then just build one right through the middle. Just so like, <laughs> you know, some people live on one side and the other people live on the other right, side. Right, 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 right. Not for any reason. Of that course. always that always works out, right? Yeah. I'm just yeah, saying everyone. if you use your turn signals, you can come on this side of the <laughs> wall. And if you don't, you live on that side of the wall. Where and it's they're chaos. They're both perfectly fine sides of the wall. <laughs> <laughs> Just one of them has Otherwise, sunshine wild. and playgrounds. And the other has, you know, swamps and mosquitoes. Wow. wow. <laughs> Use your turn signals, people. <laughs> <laughs> Eli's on a war path. <laughs> so in addition to all those reasons for walls, mosquitoes, etc., <laughs> African Feminist Forum also points out that, quote, politically, Walls were considered prestigious, their size a measure of a ruler's ability to command the labor of his or her subjects. The walls constructed by Queen Amina not only protected Hausa markets from external threats emanating from the south, but also became an enduring legacy to her glorious reign. Mm. And apparently, even walls that were built after her time are still called Gunawar Amina in tribute to her. I mean, sure, she basically invented them for them, so that makes sense. Right. But yeah, she didn't just waltz into these places, kick ass, and build walls. Mm -hmm. No, 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 friends. She also got Bill's Eye. 
As we know, Amina was not interested in getting married and giving up her power to some dude. Right. Uh, she had been avoiding proposals since she was a teenager, maybe even before. And in the 34 years that she was in charge, she never wavered from that. She never married. Yep. But a lady has needs. True. So in every village, town, and city she conquered, she would select one hot young warrior from a defeated populace and have her way with him that night. Oh. And then in the morning, as historian Sidney John Hogben wrote in his book, The Emirates of Northern Nigeria, quote, her brief bridegroom was beheaded so that none should live to tell the tale. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> uh, we don't have much info about this beyond the legend, which, again, is a legend. Right. No one wrote this down at the time. Amina didn't keep, you know, a little personal diary. <laughs> right. So this could all be bullshit. Yeah. So I think that we should maybe pull into Speculation Station and stay a while because I got questions that I feel like making up some answers to. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. So, for example, I wanted to ask you, how do you think she treated them in bed? Oh, like, okay. Because I'm assuming she was seeing them as like a, t- a tool, <laughs> okay. unintended, <laughs> like attached to some legs. Uh-huh. And she's like, so do you think she was just like, come on in here, sit down, let's get this going, uh-huh. jumped up on there, satisfied herself, and then kicked him out? Huh. Or do you think that like she actually she tried, it was, she was like, get some I romance need out some of it. romance from you? Yeah. Yeah, I, I I like to think the latter. It'd be nice if at least for your last your last lay, it was a pleasant, you know, an, an, right, like a sweet a bonding experience. Like you come in into her tent or whatever, and there's like candlelit and there's like rose petals, <laughs> and she's like, "Hey, come on in. We're gonna have a good time, you and I. Uh-huh. Don't you worry about the future. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let's just live in the now." <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll just live in the now. We don't want to get ahead of ourselves, uh, <laughs> you know? <laughs> That's funny just for, for personal reasons. Yes. You, you don't need to know. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, what's that about head? <laughs> uh, uh, give me some. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to give me some head, and you're then gonna you're going to give head? me another head. <laughs> <laughs> That's for me to know and you to find out. <laughs> I almost feel like that'd be more disconcerting to have someone be like, you, you're my prisoner. Now lightly feather some kisses up my neck. Well, I'd be like, I don't know. I wonder, ah. like, you know, she picks them out. Do they do they go back to the quarters that they're right. keeping them in, the prisoner or whatever? And they're, the guy's telling them, like, I think that queen is into me, guys. Right. Like, yeah. I don't want to, you know, get ahead of myself here, but... Uh, <laughs> This lady was making eyes at me. She told me to come back to her room tonight. And they're like, what? Dude. That's like the enemy queen. Dude. That's super hot. It's like, <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm going to be king tomorrow. <laughs> right. <laughs> Say hello to your new Sarkin boys. <laughs> <laughs> and then she's like, well, I, I promise you, you'll be ki- you'll be king as long as you have somewhere to wear a crown. <laughs> oh, maybe that's why she did the head part. She's right. like, let me cut your head off like the snake from the well, baby. Uh-huh. <laughs> mm-hmm. Ugh, that's rough. Yeah. Do you think she ever was like, I like it rough, you know? Fuck me like I'm the last person you're ever going to fuck. No reasons. Just what I'm into. No questions. <laughs> no questions. No follow-up questions. Also, I want to say, too, that some of the legends say she did this every night. Oh. So I did the math. <laughs> um. <laughs> A dude a night for 34 years is 12,410 guys. 
Not counting leap years. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's one more every four years. It's one more every four years. But I, I can assume that she probably skipped a night or two. I don't know. But maybe not. When she had a plan, she stuck to it. That's so true. Yeah. And she had a stated goal. And I, you know, she, 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 she achieved her goals. That's also, that's also 12,410 heads. That's a lot of heads. You know? She killed a lot of people. Right. Do you think some nights she would just bring one of these guys in, one of these prisoners? Mm -hmm. And he'd be like, oh, okay. Yeah. Is that what I'm here for? And she's like, no, I have a headache tonight. (gasps) And just like made him sit there while she read. (laughs) While she read. While she watched Gossip Girl. She's like, I just wanted you to come in and watch Gossip Girl with me. I don't like to watch it by myself. Uh-huh. <laughs> Gotta imagine, out of 12,410 dudes, there was at least one where she was like, you know, I like you. Mm-hmm. You know, I, you, you were a fun one. <laughs> Off with your head. It's gonna, it's gonna really hurt me in the morning yeah. when you... Uh, when, when you have to go. When you have to leave. Yeah. No, no, don't don't bother collecting your things. I'll have them buried with, I mean, sent to you. Buried with, I mean. <laughs> don't worry. These poor guys. <laughs> Who? Also, do you think that she killed one faster if he wasn't very good in bed? Oh, yeah, sure. Like, if you didn't bring her to orgasm, right? Was it, was it a worse death for you? Like, you were beheaded if you did a well, honestly. Oh, no. And, like, if you did badly, well, we come up with a whole new thing. Yeah, you pit full of snakes. Or do you think she's just like, yeah, that was awful. Behead him and bring me another. <laughs> Maybe so. I liked that. I have a second choice. I have like my B list. Yeah. Was it like. And you can bring me one of them. <laughs> bring, you know what? I'm not done yet. That's bring right. me another one. Bring me another. You know what? We finished. It was okay. We watched a couple episodes of uh, of And Just Like That. Oh, uh, God. <laughs> wow. And uh, you know what? I'm ready for round two, but uh, I changed things up. Variety's the spice of yeah. life, man. <laughs> well, oh, Lord. Jeez, all these guys are wearing me out. Oh, Lord. I'm exhausted. <laughs> need to take a little break. Um, yeah, let's, let's uh, go to commercial. Yeah, there's more to Amina's story, and we'll be right back with it right after this. <laughs> The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers.
Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to acclaimed musician and entrepreneur, Mr. Worldwide himself, Pitbull. A lot of artists in general, people that are very creative, sometimes tend to overthink. That's one of my number one rules. Don't ever overthink. You can think ahead, but don't overthink. And what I mean by that is when they start to write a record, they're like, oh, that's not the line. Oh, that's not this. Oh, it's not that. And everybody has a creative process. I'm not knocking it. For me, I just let it flow. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey there, I'm Dr. Maya Shunker, and I'm a scientist who studies human behavior. Many of us have experienced a moment in our lives that changes everything. A moment that instantly divides our life into a before and an after. On my podcast, A Slight Change of Plans, I talk to people about navigating these very moments. The last couple of years has been the hardest season of our marriage for sure. I'm surprised our marriage survived it. I think we both are. I think we both were barely holding on. Mm. Nothing compares to how hard this is. Their stories are full of candor, awe, and hard-won wisdom. And you'll hear from scientists who teach us how we can be more resilient in the face of change. True behavior change is really identity change. Every action you take is a vote for the type of person you wish to become. Listen to A Slight Change of Plans on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the show, everyone. And we're out of Speculation Station. God, I love it there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is a nice place. Expensive sandwiches. <laughs> well, you know, whenever you're in eat a, before you go. a station. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that was Amina's life for 34 years. She was establishing new trade routes. She was building walls. She was boning dudes and she was being a boss. Yes. But around 1610, she died, and historians don't really agree where this happened, but it was not in some comfy place. We know that much. Sidney John Hogband said, quote, At that time, Amina had pushed the frontiers of Zazao south of the Niger-Benue confluence, which is in southeastern Nigeria. So it sounds like she probably died in or after a battle, maybe maybe even after a vigorous session with one of her uh, part-time lovers, mm. Speculation Station. But sadly, as British historian Michael Crowder writes, quote, ruling class Hausa women experienced a steady diminution in their influence and were systematically deprived of their authority and autonomy in the generations after Amina's death. Oh, damn. And that's pretty well represented in Amina's legacy to me. Um, in traditional Hausa praise songs, they sing, quote, Amina, daughter of Nikatao, a woman as capable as a man. Oh. And I'm like, I mean, guys, <laughs> she conquered more land than anyone before or after her. Yeah. So doesn't that make her 
more capable than a man? <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, she's better than all of them? What's this qualifier doing here? Right, <laughs> like, right. But whatever, that's fine. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> it's not for me to say, I guess. Um, and it is true, things are not super great for women in Nigeria today. The country is ruled by Sharia law, which even when applied pretty liberally, restricts women's opportunities and their lives um, in much the same way that really any religion can and has at some point right, in its history. Right, so I don't want to just be calling out Muslim, the Muslim religion over here. That's right. not what's happening. No, definitely not. Um, a lot of actually a lot of it. If you look up the complaints of Nigerian women, I read a lot of them and a lot of them were upsettingly familiar to me and any woman that you know. Yeah. So it's not like it's the country. It's not the religion. It's not the people. It's just what. Well, it's the people in charge. Yeah, it's the people. Well, it's people. Yeah. I think people, when we get power, we turn into assholes a right, lot of the time. Right, right, right. Um, so anyway, the, the real big bad stuff that's happening there is that culturally, it is considered like okay to hit your wife, to discipline her. That's mm. considered pretty normal practice. So it's incredibly common there, domestic violence. Um, rape, sexual assault, also very high. And the practice of female genital mutilation is pretty prevalent in Nigeria. One in five women experience it between the ages of 15 and 49. Wow. And uh, I'm not going to get into FGM um, or genital cutting, as it can be called sometimes, uh, because it is horrifying. I did a paper on it in high school, and I've mm-hmm. never been the same since. Yeah. <laughs> it's very upsetting. Um, but it's it's crazy. And women uh, there are also usually defined by their prescribed gender roles of wife and mother. And it doesn't seem to be like very celebrated or encouraged for women to become anything else. You know, it's very much like, oh, cool, you're educated, which is normal there to be educated. But it's mostly about when you get married, when you having kids. You know, right. It's we don't really care about accomplishments. The right. Same way. Right. Although it must be said there are women ministers there are women nurses and bank tellers and TV hosts. Things are gradually improving there from some of the things I read. In fact, the percentage of women who experience FGM there has actually gone down in the past few years. Okay. So even though it's still incredibly high to me, it is is going down. There's like a a sea change with FGM, it seems to be. That's good. Going on in Africa right now. So that's nice to know. Yeah. Especially, I I would love to tell my high school self, like, don't worry, girl. Like, they're (laughs) working on it. (laughs) Because she was upset. Right. And I mean, yeah, in terms of women, the expectation being that they fill the roles of wife and motherhood, not uncommon. Again, that doesn't sound very different from a lot of this country right here. Exactly. Um, and I, yeah, I really want to make sure that we stress that because I'm I'm not over here trying to judge a, no. an African country or an Islamic country. Definitely because that's not. not for me to say. I don't know anything about what... I really don't know much about Islam at all. I have yeah. never read the Quran or like done any look into it. But yeah, a lot of people say, a lot of you know scholars of that book say that it it specifically is like there is no subordination between genders. Everyone is equal, but mm-hmm. it, it's being applied very badly and, and interpreted very badly right. in this way, in this orthodox way or whatever, which I was like, again, that sounds like a lot of orthodox religions right. can often lean into some of the worst aspects and most controlling aspects of their religion that are open to them. Yeah. So that's just a common, that's a tale as old as time. True, true. And as as wide as the earth yeah yeah man i saw a uh this instagram i wish i wish i knew what it was off the top of my head but i remember going around instagram and somehow found 
um, a tag for this Nigerian coffee shop. And it looked like the coolest, hippest, uh-huh. like most badass coffee shop I've ever seen. And every single person who tagged <laughs> themselves that coffee shop, if I may, was one of the most attractive people Stunning. I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> no. I was like, what is this coffee shop for Nigerian models? I mean, that I want to go. And can I please go? Right. And also, I would be so embarrassed to walk through those doors because I, I would, for Ooh. many reasons, look very out of place. <laughs> but chief among them, these were 12s. Right, you know? I mean, right? Walking around <laughs> like a bunch of sixes. Right. <laughs> so... And my yeah. parents actually have been to Nigeria. They yeah, yeah, really, yeah. really loved that country. It was beautiful. They said everyone was super friendly, and there's just so many cool things about it. I'm awesome. dying to go, especially yeah. after seeing a lot of those pictures. And yeah. as you said, if you look online, there's some amazing architecture yes. and like cool art and all kinds of wonderful things. Absolutely. In Nigeria, so don't define a country by its worst <laughs> right quality statistics. Yes. You know. Yes. Because if you do, we're we're we off the map. Real low. <laughs> the U.S. is pretty low. I don't know if you've heard about our health care, but uh, mm, the amount of shooting deaths a oh, year. Boy. But even so, amidst all this info about Nigeria, Amina's legend is still celebrated. Yes. She has a statue at the National Arts Theater in Lagos, Nigeria, depicting her on a horseback, looking fierce as hell. Like our sword up. She's looking dope. Steve McQueen, the filmmaker. Not not the actor, but the, the <laughs> right. recent filmmaker, Steve McQueen. He included her story in his anthology series, Small Acts. And she even appears in a couple of video games. Right. Like I just saw, I just Googled and there's one that came out last year just called Queen Amina. And it's like a strategy game. I bet it is. Yeah. And you better do her proud. <laughs> you better win that game. True. She don't lose. I wonder if they include the, the dudes. <laughs> the, the dudes. <laughs> like yeah, every, the, after every battle. At the end of every turn. <laughs> Instead of going to sleep like in Minecraft, you have to pick a guy and then you go into the tent or wherever. It re- the regenerates your health. <laughs> it regenerates your health. So, I mean, you know. When we get into it, even if we're unhappy about maybe the treatment of women as a group in Nigeria today, at least we can take comfort knowing that Queen Amina took out as many dudes as possible (laughs) while she was alive. Yes. (laughs) And I mean, I'll say, I will say, we laugh. We laugh. It's easier to laugh. Obviously, like, it would be a little more sympathetic, I think, if the gender roles were reversed here. Because oh, yeah. it would be a little oh, more. Oh my god! Twi- it would be it totally is, different. This is totally cool. twisted and dark and not cool that it's she true. executed prisoners of war after sleeping with them. Right. It's silly the way abusive. we're looking at it now. You know, it's very distant historically. Uh-huh. So hopefully, you know, we're not offending any of their descendants. Although I guess they probably didn't have any. I mean, because... well, unless they already they were. He's like, I've got right. a family. I mean, that's possible. Like, that you know, possible. if you think about it too hard, it's it a dark, sad story. Stop being funny, guys. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we're trying to keep it light here. Who turned the mood down? Oh, it was me. Uh, was you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but no, you're right. So, it's yeah. so true, though, that, yeah, if the gender roles were reversed, this would be a very different story. It's, it's not that we'd feel any differently about it or tell it any differently but I think it would be harder to make funny because oh, we yeah. see men abusing women so constantly and regularly and easily yeah. that uh, that it makes it 
you know, a little less easy to kind of make light of the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think that's uh, true. because I think it's just more at the front of our minds. When I think of a guy taking women into his home and then killing them the next day, I'm like, oh, that's too close to home. That's I, I mean, too you can think of real someone. of a threat. Yeah, yeah. At, at all like times. Recent story about um, it. Yeah. So you know, w- w- it's a little easier to separate in this context. And I think also, if if it is not true, if it is not true, right. It was probably added to the story as right. a kind of a reaction to the treatment of women Quite <laughs> subsequently. That they, you know, it might have been kind of a great feeling to be like, but she probably, I don't know, banged a dude and then killed him and then moved on to the next one every day, <laughs> right? like just like they do to us. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just like a turn the tables sort of, yeah, totally, sort of embroidery. Totally. I can see that happening. Absolutely. So that's fun. <laughs> 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 that makes it fun. So that's fun. <laughs> well, that's the other thing too is that this is largely in myth right, and legend. It's true. It's, uh, so we're true. you know unlikely that we're uh, that there's any remaining people who are hurt by what Queen Amina did. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's just a silly story. Well, and a cool one because yeah. she really was a cool. Uh, you know, it's, it's it's agreed upon that she did exist yeah. and did rule Zizou and did was a total military boss and yeah. did do a lot of these things right. that we're talking about. Right. Um, so, yeah, that's pretty cool. Well, I mean, I don't know that great leaders are the ones who go and conquer a bunch of other lands. Like, well, I would say well, she was a badass. And she was super cool if she was like, I negotiated all these trade deals and peace treaties. And that's obviously way more boring for a historical <laughs> right. story. But then uh, <laughs> Queen Amina sat down at the conference table and sharpened her pen. Whoa. What would happen next? <laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> the wit was flying and there were casualties. <laughs> that night, she took one of the prisoners home and released him. <laughs> oh, my God. That's a cool leader to now me. That's a cool leader. But obviously doesn't make a great movie right well you know and of course back in the 15th 16th century that is what made a great leader was expanding your empire yeah i guess well <laughs> what, they could have provided health care to all their citizens maybe they did maybe they did i doubt it i mean name me a leader who hasn't done horrible things dolly parton well okay she's a cultural leader okay Talking okay about, but you mean uh, like a government national leader. leader yeah hmm. yeah yeah that's a I'm going to have to noodle on that one. Yeah, I don't think there's an answer. And I'm not going to... Hey, send us your recommendations. We'll do a <laughs> we'll do a bracket oh, yeah, uh, yeah. for the least problematic leaders in history. <laughs> Contemporary or historical. If you got Jacinda, I think we can get her on there. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I'm sure she's, you know, whatever. I don't know. I'm not going to start calling out other world leaders. Don't do it. As Jacinda, being non-problematic. Angela Merkel. Look, they've all got problems. Oh, you yeah. can't you can't get to a position of power without it. I think you're right. I think that's it's, the it's problem. It's kind of like a crossing a certain threshold of money. I feel is like a is like a complete like you you turn you I don't know you like surface. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. a, just a completely different atmosphere that you're living in. Right. At some point. Right. That do, that just so disconnects you from <laughs> the rest of us and we're all like what are you talking about yeah. yeah like there's there's a there's a at least at least in America it's rare to be able to make a certain amount of money over over a certain amount of money without doing something bad to do it yeah, you know right. without Exploiting at some point someone. saying 
yeah, I don't really care what happens to that person. I would rather have the money. Mm-hmm. At some point, At you got to do that. At some point, there's wage theft somewhere. Otherwise. Exploitation somewhere. Otherwise, I would be a very wealthy person. But yeah. I'm just too kind. That's, that's really what that's, it was. That's what it is. That's what it is, guys. <laughs> it's my my kindness is my poverty. That's uh, it's the only you know, thing standing I, in the way it, of my ambitions. I, I'd rather I'd rather have the wealth of kindness. Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> I'm perfectly happy with my kindness and my PlayStation Four. I don't need a PlayStation Five right now. That's not you what know? you said at Christmas time. I'm will. <laughs> False. No, it's true. It's true because you made a joke about because, it, and you said, "Do not buy that for me." Because there's no reason to get a PS5 yet. No, right? Like yeah. if you come across one, snatch it up because sure. they're hard to find. But that's that's intentional because there's no reason to get one yet. When there is, I totally will. Uh, yeah, you'll absolutely. Be definitely I will wanting. spend my last penny, <laughs> and I will and I will tell someone, "Sorry, I don't care what happens to you. I'd rather have a <laughs> oh PlayStation 5." <laughs> oh no, it's happening to me. You've become the thing that you swore to, de- <laughs> no. to destroy. All right. Well, we've we've noodled around here enough. But yeah, I hope you really enjoyed this story about Queen Amina yeah. of Nigeria. It was super fun to look into this right, right. whole legend of, of her legend and also the legend of the house of land and, well, and it's the so snake cool. and everything. Yeah, I was going to say, it's so cool. Like we, we have so many typical legends and myths over here at least that we learn from mm-hmm. greek mythology and things like that and it's cool to hear some of these other ones yeah totally. i i didn't know it is apparently a very popular story but i've never heard it no so it's super cool yeah of course if you want to do anything more actionable for nigerian women after some of the stuff that we talked about uh-huh. we did find some nonprofit organizations that are doing some really good work around education and business opportunities, rape prevention, Mm. um, combating female genital cutting. Um, So we will share some links in our socials feeds, like on our Twitter and Instagram and stuff of places that you can check out. If their mission aligns with what you care about in your life, please do donate and help them do this work in the community. And again, we're not like affiliated or sponsored by any of these folks or right, whatever. Right. Like we just really did a Google search and and I run a nonprofit. So I did look some things up on GuideStar and make sure I didn't <laughs> send y'all some crazy, yeah, <laughs> some yeah. crazy. But um, but that's that's we just found some good stuff. Totally. And if, you, if those statistics moved you in any way and you feel like throwing some money at it. Please do. Yeah. And yeah, always reach, as always, reach out. We'd love to hear your reaction to this story mm-hmm. um, or any of our jokes. If you have any jokes of your own about <laughs> what was going on, uh, <laughs> always open to hearing those. Uh, our email is romance at iheartmedia.com. Yes. Or you can reach us on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at oh great, it's Eli. I'm at Diana Might Boom. Or just follow along with the show at Ridic Romance. We've got, you know, we're back on the memes. We've got some great posts for the show. And it's a really great spot right now to sort of discuss the show with other listeners. Yeah. Uh, we've been having some nice comments going on there. Where people sort of give their feedback. And mm-hmm. if you got a conversation you want to have, that's a great place to start it. So follow along. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, enjoy yourselves. We'll catch you with another cool new episode next week on Wednesday. Can't wait to see you then. Yeah. Love you. Bye. Bye-bye. So long, friends. It's time to go. Thanks for listening to our show. Tell your friends, neighbors, uncles, and dance to listen to our show, Ridiculous Romance. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought... In that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. 
This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine. Hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Welcome to Season 9 of Next Question with me, Katie Couric. I've got some big news to share with you in our season premiere featuring the one and only Chris Jenner. Oh my gosh, congratulations. That is very, very exciting. And that's just the beginning. We'll also be joined by podcast hosts Jay Shetty, Hillary Clinton, Renee Fleming, Liz Cheney, and many more. So come on in, take a break from the incessant negativity for a weekly dose of fascinating conversations. Some of them, I promise, will actually put you in a good mood. Listen to Next Question with me, Katie Couric, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Hey there, I'm Dr. Maya Shunker, and I'm a scientist who studies human behavior. Many of us have experienced a moment in our lives that changes everything, that instantly divides our life into a before and an after. On my podcast, A Slight Change of Plans, I talk to people about navigating these moments. Their stories are full of candor and hard-won wisdom. And you'll hear from scientists who teach us how we can be more resilient in the face of change. Listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.